Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. All right. Welcome back, everybody, for Cryptocurrent. I am Stephen Miller. This is my co-host, Chris Corneros, and my producer. We'd like to welcome you in. Chris, how you doing? Good. How you doing today, Steve? Oh, it's a great day in crypto land. Let me tell you that. Um, we got a lot of great stuff going on today. Um, a lot of news to cover. And we've also got some special announcements at the end of the show today. Um, so I'd love to just dive right in. Um, let's take a look at what we got on deck first. So we're going to start out, guys, with a quick little game of uh, news coverage that we like to do here called Buy, Sell, or HODL, where we're going to take you through um, our top two headlines on the week and give you some impressions on whether or not we're going to be buying on this news, if the sentiment is bullish, if we're going to be selling on the news, if it is uh, bearish, and or if we just need to wait, we need to HODL. So that's where we're going to start today. Um, then we got a couple other great features um, along the show. So why don't we just dive in, Chris? Uh, why don't you take us into your very first buy, seller or piece? All right. Let's see. Let's see if I can get the screen share to work how I want it to this time. Aha. I've got it. All right. Great. I'll give you, give you some control. So here we go. Um, big news. Uh, this came out yesterday, actually. Uh, Helium sent this out in their, in their newsletter, kind of update blog that they do by email. If y'all are involved with Helium, I highly recommend su- subscribing to that because you know it's useful. It's not spam. They don't send it frequently. They just send it when there's something useful happening. And this bit of news is something useful. So Erica, um, spelt A-I-R-I-C-A, just partnered up with Helium to bring their air quality sensors to the Helium network, which is incredible. Um, really cool project. Very sound. Um, and you know, integrates very well with existing infrastructure, which is huge. And something I've talked about a lot, you know, on these live streams, Steve, is that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how great a project sounds if you can't actually use it or integrate it with, you know, the rest of the economy. And this is something that is not only super beneficial right now, but will stay, you know, very widely used down the line as the Helium network builds out and companies adopt it. But essentially, the reason this news is incredible is that these air quality sensors, um, they're similar to a helium miner. You plug it in, and then they start collecting data. And they collect data not just on you know number of people in the room and you know is, is it too congested, but they can also you know their air quality is sensors can pick up on different pathogens in the air, I believe, um, and that's just incredible. And obviously for times like right now with COVID going on and, you know, companies either requiring a vaccine mandate or or they're mandating to get a vaccine or they don't know yet whether they want to do that. So people are wearing masks, even if they're vaccinated. Having this solution right here where you can plug these sensors in right away and it will tell you, okay, there are too many people in this room or, oh, the air quality is actually great, you know, keep going. This data is incredibly useful. It's incredibly applicable. Every major company, even small companies should want this because it's potentially saving you a ton of money and shutdowns or any medical expenses down the line. So this is incredible. Um, I'm a really big fan of this. I love things that go to the Helium network, but especially very applicable things uh, like this. Steve, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, Chris, the thing that's really interesting to me about Helium 
is that they are, in what in my opinion, is like the very first foray into Internet of Things on blockchain, right? So the fact that you've got now this really, really effective group of sensors operating for literally the entire world effectively just starting to track things like sick buildings and um, sick building syndrome and um, air quality alerts and even COVID related, um, you know, air quality items. This is going to give us so much more information as to like how virulence spreads. It's going to give us more insight on um, how we can stop these things from happening. But it's also the perfect type of use case as to like how helium can be used in our everyday lives. So I love this. I think it's a really great piece of news. And I really hope that more projects start um, getting on board with Helium because their network is proven to be really viable. Um, yeah. if, you, if you could, just for our viewers, because again, we talk about Helium frequently here, but if you're a first-time viewer, I would really love it if we could just give a little bit of a quick picture about the background of Helium, like how at a really fundamental, easy-to-understand uh, perspective, Helium works. So... Basically, at the end of the day, what Helium is, is it is an internet for the blockchain to run on. People love to throw the term, you know, Web 3.0 around for Ethereum. They, they love to also attach a similar tag to Cardano. But at the end of the day, it, those aren't internets in the sense that we think of them, right? Like they're essentially just platforms for you to build applications on, for you to then use applications or interact with. But like, you know, and think of it like a Google, right? Google has Google Drive, email, you know, YouTube, anything you could imagine. But you know, as great of a platform and useful as one like a Google is, I'm comparing Google to Ethereum right here. It doesn't matter if you can't connect, you know, to your internet. And that's essentially what Helium is trying to do. Is they are trying to build this vastly decentralized, wide-ranging network for you know blockchain applications to run on, and it's like. They're, I need to look up the actual stat, but the, I think they are gonna. They either are or will be at three hundred thousand miners, but essentially network hotspots by the end of the year. And they were at, I think, twenty thousand at the end of last. So wild! It's absolutely <laughs> they're, wild. They're growing fat. They're like I've heard stories of people with just they're getting their own miners. Um, for anyone who's wondering, getting a miner right now is incredibly hard because of the chip shortage. It is literally like an eight-month backup. But we can talk about that another time. I was going to say, but, let's let's get a little bit into the helium miner discussion a different day. We don't yeah. we don't have an hour and a half for this show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's helium is an awesome project. We at Cryptocurrent first got involved with them and Emirate actually. If you want to check them out, go to our partnerships tab on the website. And you can go directly to Emirates' website and actually get a free helium miner. But more information on our website about that. We first talked to them, I think, last September is when we had uh, Peter Saddington on the show. And helium was at like under a dollar then. Helium is now at like 26. So out of the viable projects, I'd say it's probably been the best performing, one of the best performing coins in the last year. Yeah, definitely. And that's actually a little bit of a sneak preview that I want to share with everybody. Um, in the next couple of months, what we're going to be able to finally visualize for everybody and give everybody a tracker on is some of these projects that have come on Cryptocurrent across the last you know, two plus years that we've been doing these shows and give you an update as to which of these projects are actually the most successful since they came on. Um, it's going to be a really interesting look at it. But let me back up for a second here and go back to this Helium news. Chris, do you think that this is a buy, sell, or a hodl? Oh, this is buy. Buy all day. I mean, Helium is just one of those projects that as long as I've been fine following it, whenever they have news come out, they announce a new partnership or a new company that's bringing their technology onto their internet of things. It is good. Like I've never heard of, you know, like a company coming and partnering and then having to pull back. Like they partner and it works instantly because the tech is there. It's sound and it works. So this is something you want to buy. Not to mention, and this is one of my favorite parts about this announcement, is right at the top, they said this integrates with things like Slack. So if you have like, uh, you know, the office building today say is like unhealthy air quality, or maybe there's something floating in the air, you could theoretically just have it automatically ping everyone in your company Slack and say, don't go into the office. Yeah, it's incredible. To me, like... <laughs> it's awesome. I, like, I get, I get really hung up on very this. Very cool. 
right? So this is this is one of those things to me that I get hung up on because when you tell me that like helium's price has already surged to twenty six bucks, and we see how far it's come since the beginning of this cycle, man, I have a really hard time saying that's a buy. I like I have a really hard time saying that's a buy, but. I think this type of news is the first type of real considerable validation that this network has gotten in terms of like the application layer. Um, so I would say I'm somewhere between a huddle and a buy um, when it comes to this news. Um, but again, everybody do your own research on this sort of stuff. We just like to give our opinions. We consider ourselves your crypto commentators here at CryptoCurrent. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, go do some of your own research on it and make your own buying decision. Uh, but Helium is out there, it's ticker is HNT. But let's dive into our next piece of news. And our next piece of news actually comes from part of our uh, title graphic in the thumbnail today. And that is, hold on one second here. That is this piece on a bug that was just found in the last couple of hours, I believe. Um, actually, it was this earlier this morning in Eastern Time. Cover, it's a bug that is basically impacting over 50% of Ethereum node operators. Um, so essentially, the baseline of this article is talking about a um, bug that was found that's causing these um, older... It's an older um, network on Ethereum. It's called Geth, G-E-T-H. And a lot of node operators happen to run this version. Did you know of, that Cryptocurrent um, now has its own apparel shop? It's causing well, look those no node further. If you want the latest the gear from the Cryptocurrent so, crew, please check out surface, both our show notes and our website where you can get, get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to Death sweatshirts is a big to tank tops, deal. It is something hats, that a lot of these node it, operators utilize. We have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. going to be feeling the effects of this bug. Um, this, of course, was re uh, reported first by the Block Crypto um, earlier today. And it speaks to the fact that when, you know, you're operating an older Geth client, it can cause this fork to occur. And there's then double transactions occurring all at once. Um, so technically, somebody can manipulate this. So when these things do fork, um, the, peop the practical applications that operate on Geth that are affected can be things like um, the Binance Smart Chain bridge and things that are operating on an Ethereum um, VM compatible network, things like that. Um, so to me, it's terrifying because the second that you see something that's um, typically would be labeled a FUD piece, right? Like this is something that's negative about the Ethereum network. Um, these things can come off as FUD. But at the end of the day, you got to go with the root word on this article. It's been found, right? It's not that like all this damage has already occurred. Has it been exploited already? Yes, it has. You know, certain uh, plays across the Binance Smart Chain, Huobi Eco Chain, they were affected and the people that did exploit them are likely not going to be caught because as you can see right here, um, these were run through the Tornado, Clash, Tornado Cash client, excuse me. Um, and that basically means that they're spinning around the coins and making it so that like you cannot track it. Um, but to me, it's found it's not an end user facing issue, but this bug is significant. And it's something that you know we're going to have to continue to monitor, especially if we want to stay vigilant in this space and as we want to track Ethereum going higher. So, Chris, what is your initial um, I guess perspective on this? Because to me, you heard it in my voice just now. Like, I think it's a really big deal. It's something you need to follow and stay close, uh, close pulsed on. But um, what do you make of it? Um, so when I first saw this, you know, my first thought right away was, wow. So, you know, over 50 something percent of the Ethereum infrastructure is running on outdated stuff. But it was something like over 70% of the node operators are still running on older versions. And so obviously my mind went to, okay, you know, is this why Ethereum gas fees have been so high? Because you have all these people running on an outdated version. I looked a little more into it and I found out that this particular patch actually that went out, interestingly enough, went out only like three days ago. And so 
the all these, you know, a lot of the node operators of the exchanges like Binance either didn't update right away or were in the process of it today when the news broke. So I obviously I don't think there's any correlation between gas fees and a lack of upgrades. If that's what you were coming here to hear, then I hate to disappoint you. But I think it's I think it's, you know, a little scary, right? That you have this large percentage of basically your critical infrastructure, people that are making this network and this program work. It's a little scary that they're not updating right away because of what happened, obviously. We we see live and in person, you know, unfolding in front of us that if you don't update, there are security exploits that can go in and essentially break the whole chain. But on the flip side, this kind of dropped this morning at 1040. And luckily, you had a lot of the you know people, blockchain engineers behind it, reach out to Binance, uh, BTC.com, and I think... I forget the name of the third one. Um, but there were three major kind it was, of it was, groups. It was, yeah, it was Huobi EcoChain. Yeah. So basically, they got in contact with them. And it was by 1 p.m. Eastern. So like two hours or so after the news broke that they had either already completely updated or were in the process and almost done. So I think that's a little reassuring that yes, there was an exploit. It's an exploit that is actually chain breaking. It could theoretically just cause the whole thing to crash, but a solution for it went out very quickly. And the you know sources of that exploit, they were contacted and they fixed it very quickly, which I think is a very positive sign, not just for Ethereum, but crypto as a whole. You know, We talk about decentralization Decentralization is great in a lot of times, but crisis management, not always so much. That being said, here, we kind of saw it working in a very timely manner. So I think it's it's definitely, you know, in my mind, this is definitely a sell. This is not reassuring, but it's not like a panic sell. I'm not terrified of the future for Ethereum. I just need to see how it's going to unfold. So I guess it's more more of a hodl, but leaning towards sell here. Because and it's so, not a good look. And so let me give you a different side of this on. Because I'm not going to tell you whether or not to buy, sell, or hodl on Ethereum. I don't think that's the news here. I think yeah. that the, the news here is actually about all of these other uh, platform coins. All the ones that are competing with Ethereum and even the ones that are utilizing EVM compatibility. So you look at the you know, the platforms that were affected, the Huobi eco chains, the um, Binance smart chains, to me, that's a sell signal for them. Okay? If you are not going to be an Ethereum node operator, basically, and just for clarity for everybody, a full node is a node that stores full blockchain data. It participates in block validation and verifies all blocks and states. That is a full and a full integration. And if that chain operator is not going to do their damn job in updating their part of the network, I am not going to invest my money with that network. Like, so to me, that's a vote of no confidence for things like BSC and for Huobi EcoChain. Now, do I think that there are buys to be had out of this? Absolutely. But to me, Ethereum's the hodl. Everybody in the world knows if they've watched this program before. I am massively Cardano bullish. I am relatively high bullish on Solana, Terra, and um, Avalanche. But when I look at the bigger picture here, those are the ones that I am currently um, a buy signal on just because of this article. Because as we're going to see Cardano roll out in the next 10 to 12 days, um, they have a really big opportunity to capture market share on the back of a big bug article like this. And we already know that Solana is capturing a ton of market share just based on the fact of their speed alone for their transactions and the near gasless nature that they operate with um, and just as Cardano will soon operate with. So um, that kind of brings that one to a close for me. Um, but did you have any other final comments on that? Or do you think we're uh, about ready to roll forward? I think we're about ready. I just want to leave one kind of one last thought for anyone watching. This is building off what you were saying. I would be most nervous and I would sell anything I had or transfer anything I had on Binance away from it. 
because not only are they an Ethereum node operator, they are one of the largest, most public crypto exchanges. And if there is this exploit that anyone could do that affects them, it's like if you went to the New York Stock Exchange and you wanted to buy shares of whatever, and suddenly someone found a way to spend $1 but get 2 or $5 worth of shares. Obviously, the numbers are very different. But that's just something I would keep in mind is clearly, it seems Binance is having a little uh, identity crisis and doesn't know which way they want to go if they're not doing this simple thing to just keep updated. Yeah. No, and I, I am right there with you. So look, let's uh, jump forward into our uh, one of our favorite segments around here. Um, we're moving it up in the show this week because we've got a very special announcement uh, coming at the very end of the show. So please do us a favor, stick around for the end of the show. We'd love to make sure that you are here for that. Um, but do us a favor before we start our next segment. Um, jump down just below the video. Remember to like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Make sure you bop the bell um, to make sure that you get alerts when we are dropping new videos and when we're going live. Uh, we go live here on um, CC Live every Tuesday and Friday. Um, where you'll be able to uh, catch up with me, Richard, and Chris on Tuesdays, and Chris and I here on Fridays. Um, but we also br put out brand new content, um, interviews with up-and-coming projects on Mondays and Thursdays. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's jump into our next segment, Two Bulls, One Coin. This week, um, we've decided to go a little bit broad because it actually ties in with our announcement later on in the show. But today, we are going to be talking about dog coins. So Chris, give us a little bit of an overview. What exactly do we mean when we're talking about dog coins? We're talking all of the altcoins. For anyone who doesn't know, an altcoin is just literally anything in crypto that isn't Bitcoin. It is a super sweeping term that honestly needs to be changed because that includes like... It's like saying everything besides like Apple and the Fortune 500 is just like alt company. It's way too sweeping to describe things. But that, you know, conversation for another day. Dog coins are the altcoins that um, you know, maybe someone will try to argue otherwise. But for all intents and purposes, they are the coins that are built entirely to meme. They're supposed to be funny, and the most famous of them all is Dogecoin right at the top of the screen there. It is literally named after a meme, which is the Doge meme or doggy, however you want to pronounce it. Stick, of that. With, stick with Doge. You sound smarter. Yeah, I'm sticking with Doge. Um, but yeah, I, they, those are the dog coins. They have no value. All of them are subject to hyperinflation pretty much every second of every day. So yeah, we'll, we'll go into it a little more. Yeah, but so I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, so I'm, and we're going to air all of them out today because again, uh, for those of you that are joining us for the very first time, two dog—I uh, nearly said two dogs, one coin. Jesus, um, two bulls, one coin is all our opportunity to take apart some of these coins that are otherwise known as shit coins in the market and break down for you whether or not they are actually shit coins. And if they are, we're going to roast the living hell out of them. Or if they are not shit coins, we're going to give you the case for why they aren't. So Chris and I are going to banter this back and forth a little bit today and give you our perspective and then let you decide for yourself in the comments below. Um, so as we scroll down here a little bit, of course, you've got Dogecoin, the king of dogs up, up above. Um, they are still number seven in terms of overall market cap, which it just blows my mind. Um, but as we scroll down, you've got Shiba Inu, you have Dogelon Mars, you have, uh, goodness, where are we? Polydoge, Kinu Inu, Polkadog. Elon Doge token, Kuma Inu, all, all of these insane DogeFi, all of these insane dog projects came out of, um, I don't want to say nowhere, but the most miserable side of the internet, let's say five or six months ago, it started the trend, right? Like we're probably talking like end of March, early April. Yeah, Doge, I think... Well, Do sorry, Doge way further back. Okay, yeah, Doge, yeah. okay. to be clear, Doge is the original, all right? They came out as a um, quasi-fork, I believe, of Litecoin um, originally. And that's where yes. their origin comes from. But all these other ones that are plays on Dogecoin and otherwise are 
dog canine oriented, they all came out like March, April, right? Yeah. Um, uh, every num- single number, variant since. Number 530 on the screen in particular, that was uh, end of May, I believe. Oh, uh, well, we're not counting that in the <laughs> list of dog coins. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not, you're not you're not playing that game with me as far as I'm concerned <laughs> that's not even on screen right now Chris. <laughs> they but had yeah. our, they had our attention earlier in the in the week when we were covering the only fans bit. You can leave yeah. that on the table. But um, you know, yeah, I think all kind of mid to late spring is when a lot of these I don't know a lot about most of them other than the fact that they all accomplish the same thing which is nothing. So I'm just going to assume most of them came around then maybe they'd been around for much longer and then just only came into popularity later. So, well, let's just do this real quick. Cause I think this may be a really fun way to go about it. Excluding Dogecoin for two seconds here. Let's go ahead and bring up a couple of these. We'll bring up Shiba Inu. I know you wanted me to click on it. I'm not, I, I saw it. you pause for a uh, second. <laughs> I thought my cursor was over Doge Lawn Mars to be totally fair. Um, and we'll even <sighs> bring up um, Kinu Inu for kicks. So let's pan over to Shiba Inu. Okay, so Shiba Inu is currently trading, of course, not at this smaller value, but its market cap is still up well into the hundreds, right? So it's the number 44 overall market cap coin. God, I don't, I don't know why we're, ta- we're even talking about this right now. Um, but it's traded across a number of different exchanges. Um, a lot of people have validated it, including the fact that it's now available on Coinbase. But what I want to get to here is what exactly is the project? Because again, we can't necessarily lump all these together, right? So it's a decentralized meme token that evolved into a vibrant ecosystem. What do you make of that? Are we are we looking at BS or are we not? I mean, it's definitely still BS, but <laughs> so look, oh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give a little bit of the other side on Shiba because part of what they are getting into is this plea for, oh, we're a charitable project. That's our entire point is that we're out here giving back. We're a staking project now. We've transformed into this bigger, bolder buy and a reason you know, to support the world and we give back. Um, on the surface, man, like I'm all for it, right? If you're, if you're going to you know, make this like very credible um, give back perspective, you can start to win me over there but I'm really not sure if I want to give this project that type of credit, right? Like, I mean, you're yeah. looking at just a bunch of Shiba Inus. Like, are, what are we doing here? Yeah, and I'm, I'm all for embracing the memes. I think it's important, right? Like, at the end of the day, you cannot forget crypto came out of basically the super nerds on the internet who are also the same people who basically invented memes. Not to say they're the same but the same area of the internet where crypto came from is where memes came from, right? So got to stick true to your roots. I'm all for it. My my biggest issue is Shiba. And I saw it like right at the top of their webpage and you're scrolling through as they said, they started out with one quadrillion coins, then locked up half in Uniswap and burned the other half to Buterin, who's one of the co-founders of Ethereum, right? So just from like a... And this is like... This isn't financial advice. Again, I say this every time. This is just basic math. Shiba Inu will never go to a dollar. It will never go to 50 cents. Honestly, it will never go to one cent. And for the simple reason that at one penny, Shiba Inu's market cap is bigger than the rest of crypto combined because that's $5 trillion. And so that's why... I think it is a shit coin. Its value is not going to go up no matter how much people want to do things with it or talk about it. It just won't because A, they've already limited how much there can be. And because there's so many of them, this like a tenth of a cent change will literally be hundreds of billions in like in price, in market cap change. So okay. it's, a shit, it's a shit coin. <laughs> okay. So... I've already uh, kind of made the executive decision for us on this one. Um, We're not even going to get into um, the last two that we had picked out, which were Woofy and Polydoge, because Woofy doesn't even have a viable site up. Um, So, like, let's let's just talk about these um, three leading projects. Okay, you've got 
Dogelon, you've got Shiba Inu, and you've got Dogecoin. And we're going to let these represent the entirety of the um, dog coin movement that we're assessing right now. I'm going to give you my case for Dogecoin because I think it's really the only one of these three that we can actually hold reputably. Um, Dogelon Mars has a massive following, right? The ticker under the ticker Elon. I remember when this came out, I was being told about it, you know, in the middle of um, a volunteer thing that I do on Monday nights um, by another guy who I frequently, you know, talk crypto with there. And we were getting into it. And I'm like, dude, this is all BS. <laughs> like, how are you not seeing this? And it's like, no, dude, you got to buy the pump. You got to buy the pump. You don't have to buy the pump. And I'm not ever going to take your word of, of, on financial advice if Elon's name is mentioned in the coin's name. The word Mars is in the title. Or if it's a derivative. So to me... I'm ruling out Dogelon Mars. I'm going to give my verdict right now. That's a shit coin. Shiba Inu, I will admit this. I'm actually really encouraged by the fact that this project has turned on its own ear and has decided to actually make itself something. Okay, this was like the true first derivative of Dogecoin. And like they, you know, spun up the meme coin. This was like the true uh, beginner of this new wave. Um, I think there's something incredible about it in that right. But the reason why I respect Dogecoin above all else is because we are seeing network effect fall behind the importance of internet. Not I, When I say internet currency, I mean like the currency of the internet because before crypto, yeah, like before cryptocurrency really came along, the currency of the internet has been culture. It's been memes. And Dogecoin is delivering on that and has delivered on that. And they, in my opinion, have proven that they're going to stay a part of this conversation for years to come. Okay. Um, I remember saying on one of our clubhouses at least two months ago, how I think that this whole meme, actually, no, it was three months, it was four months ago um, in April when we started. I was saying that I cannot believe that Dogecoin is getting the support that it is. I think it's crap. I think it's all a freaking joke and it shouldn't be getting the support that it does because it's not doing any good for the world. It's really starting to. It's starting to get the type of attention and is driving enough awareness to the point where projects like Shiba are coming along and are having a charitable give behind it, right? That to me is a world empowerment play. Um, so to me, I am okay with Shiba. I'm not necessarily going to call it a shitcoin. Um, and I'm definitely not going to call Dogecoin a shitcoin. But I will tell you this. In my opinion, every single other one of these coins on this list that is just making a power play at a, you know, except we're going to the, five, going to the moon. Except number 530. Except number 530. Oh, I don't see a 530 on here, Chris. It's, uh, we, we must... You might have to scroll uh, off. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, but... In my opinion, I think that that's where we sit with it. I think that dog coins as a trend, that's where you lose me. What do okay. you think? Is, is that, is that a, a decent enough argument that I'm giving you here? At least for I the mean, top two? So I see what you mean about how Doge is kind of inspiring things that are bringing a change. I think Shiba has a good idea now behind where the project's going. They're looking to be like the much, much, much worse version of crypto.com staking, but that's a whole other thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Don't invest money in either. It is literally impossible to make money unless you get lucky in both. I explained Shiba. It's just, it, it will never... If it ever gets to the point where it hits a penny, I just want you all to know that this will be like the days in the Weimar Republic where it cost $50 million to get a piece of bread. That is when Shiba Inu will be worth a penny or even right. half a penny. Like the, the, inf the inflation of the US dollar to get it to that level is, would have to be insane. So literally pray it stays where it is or it goes lower. And as far as Doge goes, and I've told you this before, Steve, this is why I don't like it, is they make 10,000 new Doge coins every minute. So unless you are constantly buying an enormous quantity, 
your market share gets diminished by so much that you lose money. And the flip argument is people always go and look at these charts when whales are selling or buying like $10 million worth. And then it gets all of... Sorry to include everyone in this. The normies riled up. And so they go and buy more. And then the people who just pumped a million or 10 into Doge sell it because all they're doing isn't trading or investing so they think it's a smart investment. They just know I could easily double my investment right now if some Instagram page or some tinfoil hat wearer goes in and talks about how great Doge is and then all of his followers or her followers go in and invest in it only to get burned minutes later because 100,000 new coins were already made. <laughs> okay, well, look, I'm, I hear you loud and clear. I really think that we need to get like you know, that, that little IV bag on you, you know, just so that you can stay hydrated through this. Cause I don't want you to just pass out on me here. You've, <sighs> you've gotten a lot of, you know, heat through you. Um, this is a really tenuous argument. And like, this brings out some of the, some of the worst in people. But if you are um, on one side of this conversation or the other, please join us in the comments. We'd love to hear your perspective. <laughs> Do you think that this whole dog coin movement is just absolute garbage or are you with it? Um, I will tell you right now, I am not personally going to be buying any. Um, I think I have like $100 in Dogecoin somewhere just as a joke between me and my wife. Um, I made a deal with her like, I want to say a year, not a year, at least half a year ago that we would put 100 bucks into, into um, Dogecoin. And if it ever actually hit $5, um, it, we would actually go out and buy Shiba Inu. So... That's the only reason I have money in it. Um, it's my Shiba Inu fund. But please let us know in the comments. Um, I think that we've both kind of come to the consensus that the vast majority of the rest of them are shit coins. But let's move on. We've got a great, great project to tell you guys about at the very end of the show. It is dog related. It is not a dog coin. But we hope that you'll stick around because we got a special guest joining us very shortly um, to talk a little bit more about it. So let's jump into our next segment of the show. Uh, which we like to call the aftershock, where we tell you a little bit about the most influential topic of the week and give you a little bit more perspective on it, right? So this week, we are talking about this big headline that came out early on in the week. You may have heard us talk about this if you were with us for the Tuesday show, um, where we uh, talked about it on Crypto Decrypted with uh, my other co-host, Richard. And that was about this post of Visa buying a CryptoPunk. So... I'm going to bring up the post real quick just to refresh everybody's memory. And see if we can make some magic happen on screen. Boom. All right. So this came out on the 25th. So this article posted two days ago. Um, but when it originally came out, I believe was on Monday or Tuesday. And one of the biggest things that came behind this article originally was just the fact that we started to see big brands, consumer brands entering the NFT space. And this is a really big deal because up until now, we've only seen these institutional part like players and um, bigger money from private equity firms and VC firms come into NFTs. But in this case, you have one of the world's biggest payment processors and credit providers getting into the world of NFTs. They went out and bought $160,000 NFT, one of the female crypto punks, and effectively have said, okay, we're going to put this on our um, asset sheet, our balance sheet. What we talked about on um, Tuesday's show about this was just how momentous this is and like how this is, in a lot of ways, something that is validating the NFT movement. Um, and it, it's a really curious thing to me. But beyond that, we started to um, hear some other really interesting news. So that, of course, was that Budweiser is now in the ETH game. So Budweiser bought Beer.eth for 30 Ethereum. And they also bought a rocket NFT out of the, um, Tom, I think it's the Tom Sachs Rocket Factory um, NFT project for 8 ETH. And again, these are two of the biggest consumer brands in North America. Interesting, right? So they Budweiser updated, um, yep, Tom Sachs with the um, Rocket Factory project. 
Budweiser changed their Twitter profile picture on Tuesday to that rocket ship they bought. And the beer company also purchased beer.eth for 30 Ethereum, approximately 95K. They're accumulating digital assets now. And they're not going to be the last to do this. So Chris, number one, I want to throw this to you real quick and see if you have something to add before I take you the next level further, because I'm, I'm going to get into something in a little bit here that I think is the bigger picture that we're all missing. So let me toss it to you real quick, and you let me know what you are thinking about this um, current ongoing trend in uh, consumer brands entering the NFT play. I think it's... I have more thoughts, but those are about the bigger picture. I'll let you kind of expand on that first. But kind of on... The topic of NFTs, you know, I talked about it on Tuesday. I still don't get them. That being said, if people are going to buy into them and drive their price up like crazy, they're a sound investment. For a company like Visa, it makes them seem relatable to everyone who's buying them. They're like, oh, my favorite content creator bought one. Oh my God, Visa has one. Well, now I want to go get a, excuse me, now I want to go get a Visa card, right? Like it builds kind of a sense of connection and community. That being said, I think it's you know similar to what I was saying, right? Like, it, I don't really understand NFTs, and I think a lot of these companies are buying into them. They don't understand them, but you know, like I was saying, is okay if everyone is just going to jack the prices up on these like crazy. If we're if this is just going to be something that people want, you know, we have billions and billions and billions and very liquid capital. We might as well go buy some because at the end of the day, for Budweiser, like AB and Bev, who owns them, the amount of Ethereum they just spent on the Rocket Twitter profile picture and on the beer.eth domain name, that is literally a rounding error in one tiny column on their massive balance sheet. It won't affect them, but what it does do is it creates a headline like we just saw. It's going to bring attention to them and to the space, which already is making it a good investment. But I hear I st- where you're coming. I hear where you're yeah. coming from. Okay. Um, and before I got educated on NFTs in the first place, that was kind of where I came from. And I'm not saying like that you're uneducated, Chris. You are a very you know smart guy. You know what you're talking about in a lot of different worlds. But again, we all have to go down these rabbit holes to learn. And that's again why we do these casts, right? We want to make sure that we're giving people the opportunity to learn about things that they otherwise wouldn't go out and learn about. We need to be spreading the rights of awareness. We need to be giving people the rights of resources. So with NFTs, the reason that I personally start looking at this larger play and look at what Anheuser-Busch and um, what Visa are doing, yeah, I mean, of course, like it's going to take up the smallest part of their balance sheet. But at the end of the day, right now, it means that they're looking so far out into the future and sitting here saying to themselves, like, this is something that we are willing to invest in because we see that there is demand. We see there's significant demand and a lot of money moving around in these um, you know, specific parts of the internet. Now, the reason why I think that we're going to continue to see this progress is because you, ha- you now have um, bigger luxury brands getting involved. You have Hermes. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all of them are joining in on this NFT bandwagon. You had Coke release a an NFT Coke machine a couple of weeks ago, and it sold for like a thousand ETH. These are brands that want to be very connected to their consumer. And if their consumer is in this space, they're doing the best that a brand can possibly do to stay attuned to their customer. And I have nothing but appreciation for that. Um, but where I start getting a little bit more curious on these these articles is why people are talking about this from the perspective that you and I are right now. My hangup is that people are overlooking the big picture. When we look at what's going on with Visa, when we look at what's going on with Budweiser and all of these bigger brands that are diving into the NFT space, Notice how the headline isn't Visa bought ETH. Anheuser-Busch bought ETH. Nobody gets this. So why are we missing this bigger point? 
if we were to be speaking in the news and you were to be hearing day in and day out the big brand X, luxury brand Y, all of these bigger companies are starting to dive into NFTs, but actually are diving into ETH, people would lose their minds. They would go up to Coinbase, they'd start buying ETH like you would never have seen before, okay? I think that that is the bigger move here. And again, we play buy, sell, or hodl at the beginning of the show. I will tell you this. If there is a bullish signal for Ethereum, it's this. The more you hear X, pro, X brand bought NFTs, X brand bought um, a .eth extension domain, they aren't buying it in cash, Chris. They're not. They have to go and they have to buy ETH to do these transactions. So it absolutely stands to reason that they have more ETH in their reserves, but they're not necessarily reporting on it. What do you think of that take? Uh, I mean, I completely agree with it. And I think even bigger picture, this kind of ties back to what I was saying about Doge, which is, you know, you have some account somewhere will pump and say, Someone just bought in, you know, half a billion in Doge. Like, look at the volume. Obviously, this is going to be big. You got to get in, right? Like, that is generally speaking, it's a super common tactic you see in the media. Um, and there's nothing different about it, right? It's just you're focusing on one tiny part, making it exciting, and then bringing in, you know, normal people, the bulk of the market, right? We've seen that already. The media doing that, where the talk all year long has been about you know Tesla buying Bitcoin, Facebook buying Bitcoin. Um, Michael Saylor last week bought a ton of Bitcoin. That's been the talk, obviously. And then you have like the Mavericks accepting Dogecoin for tickets at basketball games, right? Like the people have been talking about the meme coins. Typically, the people who focus on that are anti-cryptos. They want to explain, oh, this is bad. This is all crypto. It's obviously not. Bitcoin, obviously, it's just the you know household name. Everyone knows Bitcoin, even if you don't really understand it, you've heard of it. That's why come you know media is talking about that. But when you put it together and you tie it in with what you were saying, it also says, okay, obviously, right? These companies have been watching Ethereum and the NFT space for a while. They have prob they probably all have tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of Ethereum because, like I was saying, these are literal rounding errors on their balance sheets. Right, like you can drop 200 million as ABN Dev or Visa, and honestly, you could explain it away as anything. No one's going to notice it unless you look for it. Yeah, I mean, but look, there, it's it's a it's a good point. All right, like, and I I, I will concede that all day long. But again, what I, what I wanted to say next though was what that means is, do you got does anyone watching really think that oh these companies are only buying uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum? Do you really think they wouldn't, I don't know, also invest in Ethereum's direct competitor, which is about to have a major update in just about two weeks to the day, I think, actually. So that's what I would say is if you hear good projects getting buzz and they're partnering with companies, it also means those companies have a lot of that coin. And just because they haven't publicly announced it, if you get that feeling, right? It may be smart to look more into it and be like, huh, you know, Cardano is still below $3 right now. But if, you know, these other companies are buying a coin that costs over 3000 what does that say about where they think the price might go if they're buying in at three? So that's yeah, no, my big picture I, takeaway. I completely get that. And I think that it's, yes, this may be going a little bit conspiratorial. So like, just run with me for two seconds while we wrap this up. I think that yes, you have to do your own investigating, but you also have to do that extra layer of investigating now. It says, okay, what other, not necessarily a shell corporation, but what subsidiaries did these companies have? They, they don't necessarily have to be reporting on their balance sheets when they're reporting you know, to the SEC and everything, exactly what those subsidiaries own. Because there's a really solid chance that a lot of those subsidiaries have holdings that they're not necessarily reporting on. Um, it's a really big point worth making. Well, look, guys, that's going to wrap up um, the Aftershock for this week. Again, let us know what your take is in the comments. What do you think about these big brands getting into NFTs? Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, please do us a favor if you can. 
go over and give us a follow on Instagram. Um, our handle is up on the screen right now. And also over on Twitter at underscore cryptocurrent underscore over there. And also, if you have interest, come and uh, send me or Richard a message on Twitter. And we will get you access to our private Telegram channel where we talk about a lot of this stuff throughout the week and make sure that we're addressing it as it's coming out. Um, it's a really exciting time to be in crypto. And we want to make sure that we are giving you that information um, as it is coming out. Now, we have one last thing that we'd like to bring on before we talk uh, to our special guest for this episode. And that is a little bit about what to watch for in the next week. Um, so at the end of every episode, we typically talk a little bit about what's going on in the space, but also what's coming up. Um, and I've got an interesting uh, little piece of rumor news um, that recently came out in the NFT space that I think everybody should be a little bit more aware of. And that is that um, Three Arrows Capital, which is a bigger investment um, slash VC group, um, they just recently bought um, from the Artblocks project um, an NFT that's in their Ringer series. And the rumor, set, the rumor has it, the little birds are tweeting that this specific um, project within Artblock's curated series is actually headed for MoMA. It's a really big deal, okay? This is a significant art project. It's being traded through OpenSea.io. It's out there and has a big following. But if they're starting to take NFTs that seriously, that they're willing to put them in MoMA, that to me says there's a lot of money to be made in NFTs, especially when you're looking at the um, Artblocks Curated Series, Artblocks Factory, and Artblocks Sandbox. Um, but to quickly cover some of these crypto events that are coming up in the next week, we have on August 27th, Super Rare and Rarible are both listing on um, BitMart. We have Zillica and Hedera Hashgraph are both having network updates on the 30th, and Kava.io, as we told you last week, are launching their main net. Um, so keep an eye on Zillica, Hedera Hashgraph, and Kava.io in the next week. They could be seeing some interesting pumps up into that news breaking. Um, Walton Chain is dropping their NFT ecosystem on the 31st of August. And also on Cardstarter, they're IDOing Unvest Finance. So some really interesting um, projects come in there. But then also next Monday, we have on Cryptocurrent, um, both the podcast and here over on the channel, we have a couple of great interviews coming up for you. We have Asif Naim from Kairobo coming up on Monday. It's a really great interview where um, Richard's going to take you through the project Kairobo with one of its founders. Uh, we also have on Monday coming out the five easiest ways to buy crypto. Great article from one of our staff writers um, that you can find over on crypto-current.co. And then lastly, over on Thursday... Um, Richard is sitting down with Garrett Pete from Energy Le Ledger to talk about how the energy sector is going to be adopting um, blockchain technology in the near, the near future. So with all of that said, um, I would like to go ahead and invite up, I hope he's still with us, he's in our green room right now, um, a good friend of mine who is going to be sharing a little bit of an announcement with our community here, um, Chris I'm going to go ahead and keep you on the stream, but I'm going to uh, take your video down so that our viewers can um, see our guests a little bit more clearly. But I'd like to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a preface here. This project that we're about to talk about is called Dogs Unchained. It is an NFT project that has been absolutely storming. Twitter has had a very significant following coming up. And my guest today is another uh, fellow community member in the Dogs Unchained community. Um, who goes by the hash the at tag Abram Bibley, but his name is Bobby. Bobby, you with us? Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on, man? I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, yeah, glad to be with you. Awesome. So, Bobby, we've got this really exciting event coming up um, this weekend, and I would love it if you can be here to break it first with me to the cryptocurrency community, and so we can then start pumping it out to the rest of the world. Um, we're calling it Dogapalooza, and I'm going to bring up a little bit of a screenshot for everybody so they can see what we're promoting. Um, but tell us a little bit about what we got planned. Yeah, so, uh, you know, for anybody that doesn't really know much about the Dogs Unchained project, it's a really cool NFT kind of um, new type of project. It's uh, deflationary with a bit of pretty uh, interesting gamification where you can purchase these really awesome dogs by Ignore, you know, excellent artist. I think he's joining us on Sunday. So he'll be talking a little bit about, you know, art, you know, 
different traits of the dogs, you know, inspiration, things like that. Um, but what's really cool is, uh, you know, you've got this deflationary aspect where you can purchase these dogs, but you can also, what, we, what we've been calling boom them, which is, you know, they, two dogs go into the boom, boom room and out only comes one where you have the ability to transfer traits and create a super dog. And it's completely, I think, going to revolutionize the NFT space. Uh, I've been looking at the space for some time now and uh, I've been looking for a project to really invest in. And this one caught my attention because of that, you know, to have a deflationary, but yet really addictive kind of game like quality, um, I think really introduces a whole new element to NFTs and it makes it a lot more funny, fun to uh, hodl and kind of trade them like Pokemon cards. So um, one of the other aspects of the project is, you know, you've got proof of stakes which allow you to redeem a stake for a dog. And so one of the things I did just to kind of introduce a, a really cool element here is um, we went and took a 50X stake off the market and we're gonna mint them live on Sunday on CryptoCurrent in front of everybody and show them basically what the process looks like. Yep, and it's gonna be a great time, guys. Um, this project has something really special behind it. Um, as Bobby had shared, um, it's got some really fantastic dynamic um, elements behind the scenes in terms of how we can boom dogs. And with the stake element, it's a reservation system that they rolled out. So when this project went live a little under a week ago, if I'm correct, yeah. um, essentially, they did not open this as like a public sale. They had built the community very organically from the ground up. And when they were ready to go to market, they knew that gas fees were going to be insane on Ethereum. So what they ended up doing is they put out these um, individualized NFTs called under the proof of stake banner, and you could buy them for any any multiple. And if you went in and you redeemed it on the day of, you didn't have to pay the base price for um, your uh, your mint, but you just had to pay the gas fee. So essentially, these stakes are good in perpetuity until they run out. Um, but when they do eventually run out, that's it. No more dogs are going to be minted because we're currently in the process of running the last of these mintings um, with the actual team who are giving away a couple of these um, reservations. So it's really exciting stuff. Um, as Bobby had mentioned, he went out and got one of these 50Xs. So we're going to be redeeming those at the very beginning of the show uh, after we do a little bit of an intro on the project itself. As you can see on our graphic, Iggy is going to be joining us. Bobby was dead on. Um, we're going to do some Q&A with him. So please join us in the live chat. We are going live at 12 p.m. Eastern on August 29th. That is this Sunday. Um, it's going to be an incredible time. And then we've also got a couple other community members joining us to boom some dogs live. That means that we're going to be doing those combos. So Bobby, what else do we have to look forward to on Sunday? Or is there anything else crazy going on during this live cast? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to have some fun. You know, we're going to boom some dogs, hopefully get some real cool traits. Uh, I know some of the other uh, Discord members will be up there with us. They'll be booming dogs through the boom room. So a lot of people will be able to watch that. And uh, who knows, you know, if we if we have a pretty good audience, maybe we'll do some airdrops. That could be fun. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to Iggy about the art. The art is, I mean, look at this. It's so cool. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge dog fan, huge dog lover. Um, art caught my attention and dragged me in. And, and once I was pulled in, I was just kind of like, this is, this is, this, I got to be a part of this project. This community is awesome. And the Discord community is really cool too. I know we've been hanging out in there. And um, so I, I definitely would recommend everybody, you know, jump into the Discord. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. It's be a lot of good time. Yeah, absolutely. And look, big shout out to a couple of our friends in the Dogs Unchained community um, that you can see up on that graphic right now. Um, WhenRarity.eth, big up to you, man. Z-Guy. Um, We've also got oh, who am I forgetting right now? I'm, I'm a bad bad friend for doing this, but oh, the the dude the dude in the upper right, um, big big thank you to you guys. Um, you make you made this sort of thing possible. Your support's super valued. Um, we're really excited for this event over here. Um, but as you can see um, on uh, Bobby's avatar here in the side window, um, that is his dog right there, smack center um, in the middle of the graphic. So. We're stoked to have you, Bobby. It's going to be a freaking blast on Sunday. Um, and again, um, please do us a big solid. Go give Dogs Unchained a follow on Twitter. It's dogs underscore unchained. 
Um, you can also go join the Discord server through their links on that Twitter account. Uh, feel free to also follow Bobby. Um, Bobby, can you go ahead and share your um, handle with us real quick? Because I just don't want to botch the spelling. Uh, yeah, let me do that. I'm going to type it to you, and then uh, I don't think I can type it. It's all good. But there you go. Oh, there we go. So it, so it is at Abern Bibli. So if you don't know how to spell Abern Bibli, it's A-B-R-O-N-B-I-B-L-Y. Um, that's him over on Twitter and in the Discord server. Um, but we've got a really exciting event for you guys. We can't wait to share it with you. We think it's going to be awesome. So Bobby, thank you so much for joining me. We're really stoked for this event. Um, and I will look forward to seeing you on Sunday, my man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the things I just wanted to say real quick before we jump. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons why we love this project, everybody, is, you know, there's a, there's a huge donation component to this. And a recent announcement, um, they raised over $400,000 just in the initial mint process. We're five days into this project. So it's got such legs. I mean, I, to take this three months down the road, it'd be absolutely amazing to see how much money's raised for dogs. Um but Dogs Unchained has donated the land and is building a state-of-the-art dog park for a shelter in Berkeley, California with a portion of those funds. I mean, that alone to me is like one of the coolest parts of this project. So the NFTs are great. The art is great. The community is great. But the fact that we're helping real dogs, I mean, that to me is like the coolest thing. Yeah, no doubt. And again, I, I will do my best to make sure I've got all these links down in the description below for you guys if you're watching this on a replay. Um, but please join us on Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be incredible. Um, I'm going to do my best to also make sure that we talk a little bit more about that charitable giving component on Sunday. Um, please, please, Bobby, remind me that we need to do that because it's, <laughs> such, it's such a huge part of this project. It's really special. Yeah. Um, but well, look, Bobby, I'm going to let you get back to your night. Have a great one. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys on Sunday. See you then. Awesome. Well, look, guys, that's just about going to do it for us this week on um, Cryptocurrent Live. We appreciate you joining us as always. Chris, do you have any final announcements for everybody so that we can uh, bring this baby to a close? Um, you know... If you don't already, guys, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out on Twitter. Check out the website. We put out a ton of content. It is incredibly informative. I knew nothing about crypto when I first found Cryptocurrent. And I'd like to think I'm like just above the average now. So it's great. Take it from me. Y'all should really you know, interact with us. Follow us if you don't already. But besides that, I hope everyone today enjoyed the live stream, found it entertaining, found it educational as well. Thank you for everyone in chat. I see we had a lot of booms and woof woofs. We're excited for Sunday and I hope to see you all there as well. Um, Steve, any, any final words? Um, only final words that I've got for you this week, Chris, are make sure that you are um, checking out the website for new content on the regular. We've got a lot of exciting stuff going on here over at Cryptocurrent. One more time, just so that you guys have them up on screen. I'm Stephen Miller. He is Chris Corneros. That's been that's been another cryptocurrent live. We'll see you next time. Stay cryptocurrent. Hey cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from DBR38. I look forward to hearing the new episode every week. Keep up the great work, my dude. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week 
are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.